In my six years as a priest, I've been blessed a few times to serve as chaplain on a pilgrimage to, say, Rome or the Holy Land. You know, these trips, they are usually exhausting, but, but they're always very rewarding. However, one aspect of these pilgrimages that can be frustrating is dealing with the official tour guides that we are required to use. Now, don't get me wrong, some of them are, are great, but some are not. <laughs> one time I was in Italy, and in response to, to somebody's question, a tour guide nonchalantly answered, well, you know, faith is more important than reality. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure the tour guide meant well. But the simple truth is this, that if faith is divorced from reality, if it's disconnected from reality, it's nothing but a nice fantasy. It, it means nothing. If faith is disconnected from reality, we're wasting our Sunday morning, and I've wasted my life. You know, the fact, simple fact is we have never believed that faith is disconnected from reality. In fact, the opposite. We believe that faith is one of the necessary components that connects us to the deepest reality, to truth himself, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Faith plays a central role in our long gospel passage today. But before diving into the gospel, let's just talk about faith in general. You know, there is an old saying, seeing is believing. But the truth is, nobody really lives that way. No one can really li live that way. If we're speaking generically, broadly, faith on a human level simply means accepting something as true based on the testimony of others. And in fact, most of the knowledge that we have is based on this human, natural faith because we reason that this person or that person is trustworthy and we take them at their word. Let me give an example. I'm sure we've all gone to the pharmacy to have a prescription filled. And once the prescription is filled by the pharmacist, we go on to take our pills as the doctor ordered. But unless we have some advanced understanding of pharmacology and chemistry, we don't really understand what we are taking. Maybe we do in a very generic level. But what we are doing is trusting the pharmacist who filled our medication, trusting the doctor who prescribed the medication. Or take another example. I've never been to Antarctica, never seen that continent with my two eyes, probably never will. Yet I would be a fool not to believe Antarctica existed simply because I haven't seen it. When we have the testimony of so many individuals who have. The truth is, we need to rely on one another. We can't know it all. In other words, we all live by faith, at least on the natural level. But of course, when Jesus says to Jairus, do not be afraid just to have faith, when he says to the woman who suffered hemorrhages for 12 years, daughter, your faith has saved you, he's not talking about this natural human faith. He's talking about supernatural faith, divine faith, religious faith, if you will. What's the difference? The witness. If human faith is accepting something is true based on the testimony of another human being, then divine faith 
is accepting something is true, believing firmly in the truths God has revealed to us, because the witness is God who cannot deceive nor be deceived. God speaks truly or else there's nothing true. And it's really ironic that we're more ready to trust a human pharmacist, a human doctor. But we hesitate to trust the one who alone is most worthy of our trust, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even still, the skeptic might object, how do we know, how do we know God has truly revealed what the Catholic Church believes? The answer to that question is that God has shown us he spoke by acting in ways that only he could act. For example, the miracles he worked throughout salvation history. The miracles Christ worked throughout the gospel, including the two we have in our gospel today. These two miracles are very public ones. We'll talk about why that's important in a minute. But first, let's talk about the unnamed woman who suffers hemorrhages for 12 years. We are told that she suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and she only grew worse. But she says, if I can just touch his clothes, touch Jesus' clothes, I'll be healed. She does that and she is healed immediately. And then Jesus asked a question. He said, who touched me? It's a question the apostles think is ridiculous because there's a crowd pressing in on him. Why does Jesus ask this question? I mean, Jesus is God incarnate. He knows all. Does he not know who touched him? Well, what we need to understand is that this is a rhetorical question he's asking. Why? Because if he didn't do that, if he didn't say who touched me, no one but this woman would have realized that a miracle took place. When he said who touched me, he was eliciting a response from this woman to admit that she had grasped the the hem of his garment. And her testimony would then give glory to God and would witness to the truth that Jesus is who he says he is to this large crowd, that he is God incarnate and the long-awaited Messiah. And with the miracle revealed, Jesus then instructs the crowd and us with his words to the woman, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. Then we have Jairus, the synagogue official whose daughter is dying. And immediately after this miracle for for the unnamed woman, people arrive to tell Jairus, your daughter has died, why trouble the teacher any longer? And Jesus' response, do not be afraid, just have faith. And in that moment, Jairus has a choice. Who will he trust? Will he trust the people who have just come to him and said, your daughter's dead, there's nothing that can be done, Leave this guy alone. Or will he trust Jesus who says, be not afraid, believe in me. And Jairus, to his credit, he trusts in Jesus and his faith is rewarded. Jesus comes to the house and even though the girl is dead, he takes her by the hand and says, Talita kum, little girl, I say to you, arise, and the girl arises. These are both public miracles that happened in In the case of the unnamed woman in front of a large crowd, Jairus was uh, a well-known official. It was well-known that his daughter had died. We see that by just the numbers in his house. If Mark was making these miracles up, they would have been easily refuted and put away 
within the first century. But they were not. These are public miracles that they are worked to show that Jesus is who he says he is. Both of these miracles are motives of credibility, reasons for believing. They are supernatural signs that show the action of God. And the same is true of the other miracles the Lord worked. The same is true of the prophecies he fulfilled. These are all supernatural signs pointing to the truth of Jesus' identity as God incarnate. These are supernatural signs that teach us that the faith, far from being disconnected from reality, that faith is a springboard connecting us to the deepest reality, to truth himself, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, I'll close with this. Faith is, on the one hand, faith is a gift. It's a gift of grace given to us by God. But faith is also a free human act. We need to respond to that grace. We need to respond to this invitation of faith. Just as Jesus said to Jairus when he got the worst news of his life, that his daughter was dead, do not be afraid, just have faith. He was given the grace to believe, but he had to assent to it. He had to accept it. He had to respond to this invitation. So may we have the grace to respond, to believe, to live our lives according to faith, and thus be connected to the deepest reality, God himself.